often when we get into relationships with people, um, we come to a place where we're not sure what to do. You know, whether we should continue with it or not, or, and it doesn't just have to be a, a love relationship. It, it can be, and it, you could actually apply that song to God, right? Because there's, there's so much you don't know about him and your relationship with him. But what we do know is not to pull back from that. That there's a lesson to be learned through relationships with God and with one another. And that's why our church is called Parallel, to come alongside people. And when you come alongside someone, you're going to see a reflection of yourself in them. And some of those things you may see, you may not appreciate. And it's the same thing that they may see things in you and try and speak into your life to bring that change that can be hurt sometimes. And our first tendency is to pull back and to say no. But there's an opportunity to grow in each one of those challenges that we experience in life. And I know as a, as a Christian myself, um, I've been a part of this church for a long time. And many times I thought, okay, I don't think I can continue with this. But I thought, no, there's got to be some lesson that God's trying to speak to me about patience or, or something. But I need to stick through it so that I can grow as I go. That's the title of this series. And it's a relationship series. But relationships, again, aren't just between a husband and wife or a boyfriend and girlfriend. They're, God's called us to love him and to love others. Right? So that's, that's the challenge. That's the thing. It's not about religious rules what you can do right or wrong, but how you treat the ones beside you is a, is a great reflection of how much of Christ is in you. How much have you grown in that journey? How much can you uh, put aside? How much can you overcome and grow through those situations? The more we isolate and withdraw from relationships, the less we actually learn about ourselves. And, and that's why to be a part of something is, is powerful. And I, I met somebody here today uh, in the first service that, that they were really anxious about being here. They don't like crowds and they, they're not really part of a church before. And I said, you're in a perfect spot. Do whatever you do to be comfortable, to continue in a relationship with what we get to do. And with somebody here, there's somebody here, I'll guarantee that's just like you, <laughs> that have had the same experience and the same feelings. It's, it's too hard not to, in a large crowd like this, we usually get 900 on a Sunday between eight and 900. That there's somebody that you have something in common with and we endeavor to, to connect you with community and, and, and others in your life that, that can speak into your life because that's what it's about. That's how we really grow is in this experience. We can learn things from the platform and my name is, I don't know if, you, if you're new here, you might see me do the welcome. You might not see me do the welcome if you come in late every Sunday because we're at the beginning of the service but I get to serve as, as a location pastor with my wife, Cindy. Pastor Kelly's our lead pastor um, and so he'll be back next week. So I challenge you to come back to that. But Cindy and I sit across from people all the time with struggles in their relationship as a care pastors. And uh, we see a bit of similarities even in our own life that help us to grow. Because <laughs> we'll go, oh man, those symptoms are in our relationship. We got we to correct that. And as a pastor, you think, oh, you must not. Oh yeah, we all have struggles. We're not done on this journey. We just celebrated 42 years of marriage last week. Yeah, give it up for Cindy, <laughs> which I know there's things, and it's not to brag, but we, we held on through them that we were able to grow through them. And I'm not saying that to, to condemn people who haven't held on through a relationship that's been super struggles, because I'm not in those shoes, but, and sometimes you have to grow as you go, <laughs> right, in those situations. You're best to grow there, because whatever, somebody else can be responsible for healing or bringing restoration to that individual but what did we learn in covid isolation doesn't work 
to isolate ourselves from one another and to, to be separate from one another is, is not a healthy place. And I know many, many people I speak to almost every week too that are, we're, we're a part of a church, even part of this church, but have pulled back from that relationship because they get used to being away from others. And they think, well, I'm going to find something in themselves. And then they come back and go, man, I still need to be connected here. And if, if you're coming back or been away or come back, I continue to challenge you to keep coming to keep becoming a part of something. Come along parallel with somebody or something that's going to help you get direction in your life. Proverbs 18.1 A man who isolates himself seeks his own desire. He rages against all wise judgment. That's a pretty strong word about relationships. right? If you pull, pull back too much to your own thoughts, you're only regurgitating what's already in your head and been in your experience. And if it's not a pleasant experience, you're likely to default to all the sticky things in your life that hurt. All the things. And when we sit down with people, sometimes they'll go, right from the beginning, really, well, I was nervous about it. I knew from the beginning there was something wasn't right. Man, we could all look back and go, there's, oh, there's something wrong here and there. But what are you going to... Those things tend to... If we want to focus on them, then we go, we're going to break off from that relationship and move on. But there's something in that learning. The importance of relationships is incredible. That's why we do groups. That's why we sit in rows here, but we challenge you to get in circles, in living rooms, in twos or threes or mores, where you can gather and actually just get to know one another. It's easier to be open when you can trust somebody and share something in your life that you're experiencing. And I, I watched a TED Talk. I love TED Talks. Um, I love Netflix. And there's a, there's a documentary on Netflix called The Blue Zone. And what it is, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a documentary, a docu-series, I believe it is, about people that live over 100 years. And being 62, turning 63 next month, I'm thinking, okay, I still got some time to learn some things. I'm not done yet. So no matter how old you are, if you've got gray hair, you can learn something, right? You can learn something from that. So in this docu-series of the Blue Zone, of communities that had this exponential number of people that lived over 100 years, and they went through one of them. It was all these tombs, and it was like 100 years, 100 years, 100 years, 100 years. All these people that lived over 100. So they started doing a study. What was it? In some places, it was activity, that they were still tilling gardens and working in their house. There was no retirement totally. There was no recliner. They, they, they still had to participate in something. And that's why we challenge you here from the cradle to the grave that you stay involved and, and, and participate in what we do as a church, and I'm hoping we do because I'm getting towards those latter years. And I still want to have an impact on people's lives because I know it's having an impact on mine. But many of those communities where people were still involved in that, sometimes it was diet, certain things that he attributed, you know, that they were healthy about it. A small part of their lives was their diet. Some were in Italy where they drank wine and ate lots of oily foods. <laughs> and they still lived over 100. So I'm going, okay, it can't just be that. But what they, many of them had in common was community, that people watched out for one another, and they came alongside each other, and they always had somebody to support them. I think we have far too many seniors in our seniors' homes that aren't connected to people, that are left there. As a, as a chaplain for the Lethbridge Fire Department, I got to go on some calls, and often it's at that age group that we go to these places, and I'd see these tiny little rooms with pictures of entire lives surrounding them, yet they're alone. And I think that's just a change we need to make in society. And we endeavor here as a church to continually have people reach out to people who can't quite make it out because they're still such a vital part of this community because that's what happened in these other communities that the people stuck together. They still challenged them. Even there was one case of this really ornery old guy. Everybody knew he was an ornery old guy, 
Robin Roth, is he here? No. <laughs> you know, Robin's a great guy. But people still loved on him. He was still a valued part. They put aside their differences to love one another. Even practicing biblical truths, whether you believe it or not, is going to be a blessing in your life. Truth is truth. And I'm trusting that many of you are going to hear some truth today that are going to set you free from things, some things in your life. My first point is that we need to grow together. Grow as we go, but grow together. That's an important thing. Ecclesiastes 9, or 4, 9 to 10. You guys, many of you know this, this passage. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls alone with no one to help them up. And that's when we would get called as a fire department because they have a medic bracelet or something that was called because they were... And I'm not just touching on that. There's, there's other things that can cause us to stumble and to get hurt in lives. Maybe it's rejection because we failed in some area and we're worried about judgment and people just can't seem to deal with it. Friendships are so valuable. There's so much we can learn by coming alongside each other. But there's a risk to it because you could get hurt just by opening yourself up. I like to quote C.S. Lewis. I don't know if you guys know C.S. Lewis. Famous boxer. Old crazy shoes Lewis. That's a joke, yeah. He wasn't a boxer, but I thought it was funny. First service roared. Um, that could be your takeaway. Old crazy shoes Lewis. Anyways, <laughs> it's Joe Lewis was a boxer, okay? I know that. But C.S. Lewis wrote about relationships. He says, to love at all is to be vulnerable. Love anything with your heart will be wrung and possibly broken. If you want to make sure of keeping it intact, you must give it to no one, not even an animal. Wrap it carefully round with hobbies and little luxuries, avoiding all entanglements. Lock it up safe in a casket or coffin of your selfishness. But in that casket, safe, dark, motionless, airless, it will change. It will not be broken. It will become unbreakable, impenetrable, irredeemable. Because to love is to be vulnerable. But yet we can find it so challenging when we get into relationships with one another. And I, I see that even with church. You know, they, they change a few things and you're like, I can't stay in relationship with that anymore. I have to go. And I'm not saying you have to stay in all times, but there's something in that experience that you should be challenged. Where can you grow from it? What can you grow through that experience? How, what, what is God saying to you in that experience? Does he give us more direction? I'm going to get into that in a little bit. He gives us lots of direction in how to get through this life together and, and to do it with joy and love and forgiveness and gratitude, all the things we sang about. This is a quote by another famous guy, Ralph Molyneux. <laughs> Rooted groups are great, are great for discovering others, and it's in others that we can find part of us. You know, when you meet somebody new, and uh, I met a few people, I was an Instagram post, it was a guy that raced motocross, and I was like, hey, I used to ride. And all of a sudden, we had that connection. Yeah, me too, right? That's, but you never know that until you go a little bit below the surface to see what people are about. I'll guarantee there's somebody in this church that has had similar experiences to you that you can grow together after a bit of work and being vulnerable and sharing, and it's a risk. It talked about that. C.S. Lewis talked about that. But it's in those things that we see a part of us. And then those things that we see a part of us that maybe we know that needs to change or to grow because they inspire us, right? That's what part of a community and even parallel is all about, getting a part of that. And we challenge you to become intentional about that. Be intentional about connecting with others, not in big but small groups. This is a great meeting. And we have a great 
experience here, but it won't be long till the lights and all the stuff, that's just lights and show. The real truth, the real change happens in those relationships with one another. You can experience change watching, but you're going to experience much more change participating, serving, getting alongside someone, joining a group, um, studying with one another, and just being friends for people that are hurting. As Cindy and I do a lot of care, a lot of counseling here, and it's in those experiences that we see symptoms in our own life that need healing. So if, if you look at your life and, and maybe you're thinking, man, I, and there's no way I could fit here because, man, it's a mess. You're in a great place. <laughs> you're probably going to help somebody find their way out of their mess or maybe you're going to help somebody identify the mess in their life. But that only happens when you sit in smaller circles with one another. If you're single... And there's lots of singles. That's another thing I see in the churches. It can be really difficult. After you lose a loved one or a relationship falls apart, um, you know, it can be a really difficult situation to, to get out again and to find value because you're carrying a lot of hurt. But it's, you can't just isolate from that. You've got to take the chances of being vulnerable. But be careful not to uh, give away too much of yourself too soon. Right? To have someone to ha- allow access to who you are as a person requires commitment. And it's in that journey together that you can see, okay, I can give a little bit more. I've got to be a little bit more careful with myself. Or pray for someone that you can help. Pray for that friend. Pray for someone that in your life that I want to be a trusted friend to and watch who God brings into your life. But another part is don't put too high expectations on others. And I see this as a pastor sometimes that, that sometimes when you get involved with people's lives that aren't, aren't so messy or are quite messy, then the expectation becomes on us to fix it. And that's a really dangerous place to be, especially as a pastor, because sometimes you can go, wow, we were able to help them, and you feel like you can take credit for it. But just wait for the ones that you weren't able to help. I tell Cindy all the time, we don't take credit for one thing that, that people find victory for. And we don't take any blame for those that don't find it. It's them doing the work. It's you growing as you go that you're going to learn those things. Once you put too many high expectations on those, even your spouses, I've found this in my life as I put too high of expectation on what Cindy can do for me or what she should do for me. And, it's, and, and sometimes it's something in me that's void that nobody can fill but God. And at the end of today, I'm going to give you an opportunity to come into that relationship where, where that is one you can express your gratitude or your, your worry or your hurt towards to give you that direction in your life to, to find truth on that journey as you go alongside others. When you continue to allow people around you for your dependence on happiness, you give away your opportunity to make a difference in yourself. There's an opportunity in that. Don't, don't hold back. There's something in that, your dependence that's telling you, I've got to grow myself because I cannot no longer put my burdens on them. Very few people stick around people that all they have is tremendous burdens because you, you cannot fill that. And it's very, again, in a love relationship, marriage relationship, sometimes it's, you've got to get outside help to help that individual through that situation because you just you can't bear it. There's another two traits that people who live the longest, and this isn't all about living long, but I'm thinking, okay, there, there's got to be more of a purpose to people that, that seem to stick around for over 100 years. Number one, I love this too. A positive attitude, prioritizing peace and happiness for its benefits on mental health. Not being overstressed about things. Those people had kind of carefree lives because they, they knew their own limitations 
and yet they continued to grow and come alongside others with similar experiences. Another thing they had was a high degree of emotional awareness, knowing where they were. They, they knew where they were in life, what, what they were responsible for and what they couldn't put the responsibility on others. They took that ownership themselves as an individual and they discovered that through a relationship with somebody else. There's so much we can grow from relationships, which is my next point. We need to watch for signs because it's in those relationships that we're going to see signs in our life that we need to make adjustments and changes. And it's usually through our emotions that we discover those things. And the one thing is about emotions, our emotions can be very helpful for alerting us to change, that change may be necessary. But you just need to be cautious because our emotions aren't always accurate. they often related to previous experiences in our life, and then we carry them along, which is another point later on about travel light. You carry too much stuff through your life, too much hurt through your life, you've got to find the freedom. And maybe baptism is a, is a, is a symbol of you getting rid of that. You know, that you can just say, I'm not putting in anything. Whatever fear or anxiety you have, I'm going to put it in there and give it to God. Insecurities, anger, fear are often rooted in what give us directions, but they're not always accurate. Nothing to do with the person in front of you, but it may be an experience from your past. And we find that direction through God's word. I love it too, because when I read something now and when we study it, the word we've been doing, we've been studying it, reading it, writing it out for ourselves and then reading it from a different translation, and then reading what we wrote down in our own version, what it said to us, and you'd be amazed what God speaks to you through his word, not through a pulpit or a platform, but actually talks to you, to your own heart, by reading his word for yourself. That's why we give away Bibles every week, tell people to get on you version, get in a Bible reading plan, join Rooted where you're going to study his word, read five days a week, a little bit of scripture each week. When I had a point that sticks out to me, I put it on my mirror put it on my mirror and go, man, that for some reason that impacted me. I want to I at least read that for three days in a row because I want it to get into me. I want that direction. I want to see the signs in my life and when God gives me a direction, I want to make sure that I know that direction. Does that make sense to you guys? Right? So when you hear something today, if there's a takeaway besides the C.S. Lewis, Crazy Shoes, Crazy Shoes Lewis, don't take that as a takeaway. Look at something else that's in this message that you can learn from. Write it on your mirror whatever your takeaway would be, and go, okay, I want to I reiterate that in my life. There's, that's a symbol that I need to make a change. God's speaking me, to me through that experience. Here's a cool one, Philippians 3, 2 to 6. Stay clear of barking dogs, those religious busybodies, all bark and no bite. All they're interested in is its appearance. Knife-happy circumcisers, I call them. The real believers are the ones the Spirit of God leads to work away at this ministry, filling the air with Christ's praise as we do it. We carry this off by our own efforts, and we know it. We, can't, we couldn't carry this off by our own efforts, and we know it, even though we can list many that might think they have incredible credentials. And as a pastor, I, I don't look at my credentials. I, I look at what Christ has put in me. And if there's any other truth that comes out, it's likely from his truth or his word. So what is it saying? And often what we can do as a church is find and use God's word to give direction or beat people down rather than lift them up and pull them out of those situations. We're trying to control them into a place of direction rather than saying, Here's what God, this is how much God loves you. This is what he wants to teach you through this. Don't pull back from that relationship. Don't say, I'll never go to a church again in my life. That's, that's the, you coming into contact with God's people, and we're going to mess up. We endeavor here to not do that. 
to offer tons of grace that we experience ourselves and pass that off to others freely, no matter what their experience. So I just say, I just say, watch, this is me anyways, watch out for people who celebrate their credential because they're, they're likely positioning themselves above you. And uh, they, they might have a position of leadership like myself or a pastor, but don't put too much emphasis on that because they can fail you too. And then that's going to be your impression of God? Wrong. Wrong impression. We're, we're only trusted with yeah, a, a tremendous amount of responsibility, but your responsibility is more important than putting it on somebody else. So that's another thing in your relationship. Don't put too much emphasis on the leadership. Take the lead yourself and lead and come alongside someone. That's where you're going to grow as you go. The first and most important relationship we can have is the one we have with Jesus. Like some 40 years ago, Cindy and I, I, mean, I, I, I remember it was in the basement of one of our duplexes. And it was, I don't know if you guys remember Chick Tracks. If you didn't remember, they were like, they scared the out of you. <laughs> I was like, man, I want to get saved. I don't, I don't want to be there. And that's not always the method that I would suggest of coming into a relationship with Jesus. But I knew even at that point in my life that if, if I got through the challenges that I had and still leaned on God, that he would get me through it. And I'd be able to be thankful for all those terrible things that I had to go through to get where I am today. And I'm not done yet. I know I'm still going to continue to grow in a relationship with him. We're not done until we're home with him. But the first and most important relationship you can have, and we give people an opportunity at the end of every service to not join this church, but to come into a relationship with Jesus so that from that point on, they can grow as they go into a relationship with him, getting direction from his word, like I said, direction from relationships of others, because that's going to keep us on the path and, and, and learning from those mistakes and the things of others and helping others along the way, that we can learn those things. But it's in his word that we're going to get that instruction. And it's usually filled with grace. Psalm 32, 8. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my loving eye on you. That's what he's saying to you today. I will teach you the way you should go. I will counsel you with my loving eye. That God loves you if you're here today and it's your very first experience with what you would maybe think would be religion or God. I'm telling you, it's, it's Jesus Christ. That, that something in his heart or in your heart is softening towards the truth that, that you maybe never believed that he did love you, but he does love you and he's got his eye on you and he's asking you likely to begin to follow him and learn it from the direction of his word and from loving people. The second most important thing that we can do to find out about ourselves when you come into a relationship with your wife or close to you is likely you learn a thing or two about who you are through a different perspective. Another thing about relationships is another perspective of that. When we sit with people, often we say, because people, I'm surprised at how many people don't know much about relationships, and it's no wonder that they get in these difficult situations. And if we often meet with people from the community that never want to invest in a counselor or something of $160 an hour, so they'll go. They find a friend here, and they say, hey, you can go talk to Pastor Ralph and Cindy or Pastor Jeremy or someone. But we, every time I always ask people, do you know your strengths? Do you know your weaknesses? You know, how do you receive things in your life? How do you take, how do you find your journey? What, what do you know about yourself? What fills you up? What drains you? And then it's, it's no wonder that you're in a difficult situation if you don't know those things because that gives you direction of which way to go. It's quite simple, but, but we often go with a selfish perspective, what I need and want for my life, and that's a difficult person to walk alongside. 
Because again, they'll just drain you. It can be difficult to hear about your weakness from others because your weakness probably didn't create a very positive experience with them, right? How many of you had that person tell you, man, you're terrible at this or that? And um, (laughs) it doesn't mean much, but I'm going on a sabbatical at the end of this month, and and it was funny because a lot of people come up to me and say, I'm glad you're going. (laughs) I was like, oh. How do, I, how do I receive that? You know, like, <laughs> you know, I'm coming back. You know, like, Arnold, I'll be back. You know, and it's, but there's, so how, I could have received that anyway, but I know that people were just very loving and saying, I'm glad you're taking a break. And, and, I, and I look back on my experience as a believer and, and look at the some things I've been through and like Cindy and I going through the earthquake in Haiti, um, that, that really I should, probably should have taken a break after that. I probably should have had a little bit of leave, but I thought, no, there's too much purpose in this. i got to keep growing, keep going. And, and looking back, I'm going, yeah, I think this is going to be an interesting perspective I'm going to gain from doing this. And I'll gladly receive it with, with gratitude from the church and board for offering that opportunity for us. We'll be back in August after Easter. We're leaving and be back in August. But it's in that time that I'm going to grow. <laughs> I'm going to not give out as much and and seek what God is speaking to me about my journey. Some practical tools I'll give you guys really quickly here. We use like Enneagram as another one. Many people don't like Enneagram because they feel it's like a horoscope or something like that. But it's not the Bible, but there's likely something you can hear from a personality test that you can go, that's a weakness. Yes, I can see that. I can grow in that area. Doesn't mean that doesn't define who I am, but where I am right now and I need to go someplace different. Uh, the five love languages. You know, that's how you learn about relationship. What's a person's love language? You keep buying them gifts and they just want to spend time with you. That gift is going to send a message that, you mean I'm valued? That's all I'm valued is a dinner or a flower when really they want intimate conversation with you if it's your spouse. You need to learn those things. You need to grow in those areas. But it's in the relationship with somebody else that you do that. Another one, 16 personalities. You can find your weaknesses and all these things. And again, I'm not endorsing it like a Bible, but when you can read something like that and do a, a study on it, many employers do it, but yet in marriages and relationships, we kind of go, oh, they're, they're attributing a lot of that kind of wisdom through those things. But you can see where you need to grow and where you need to change in those things. My last point here is travel light. You know, I just, we just went on a, it was our anniversary last week and Cindy and I went away. Um, Cindy doesn't, she's not here so I can see it. She doesn't travel light. <laughs> she carries a lot of options and to the point where, she, and, oh no, here she comes. To, <laughs> Cindy is so awesome. <laughs> she had so many wardrobe changes. I thought we were at an award show. <laughs> but the truth is, she didn't know what was in her suitcase. We got it, she goes, oh, I thought I brought this. You don't know. But it's a great synonym for life. Sometimes we don't know what we're carrying with us. Sometimes we're carrying things that we don't need to carry anymore. And they often come in a form of regrets. Because those regrets are speaking to who we were, not who we are. And those hurts and those insecurities, we're still carrying them, but we don't see it because we don't even know there's so much stuff there that we need to sometimes pull back and look at how can we travel more light. It's likely done through forgiveness. Number one, letting, releasing people from the responsibility of your future is forgiveness. And sometimes it's sitting down with somebody that you feel safe enough to open up to a counselor or a care person who has the credentials to hear what you're saying and saying, this is where you are maybe. And if it lights up in your heart, then you know there's a truth that needs to be changed in that. But you need to 
deal with those things. And sometimes people, I've heard people say, well, sometimes you just need to forgive yourself. You can't forgive yourself enough for the experiences that you've had in your life. You can get rid of things, but only true forgiveness comes from Christ. And it's in knowing that he's forgiven you of everything. And religion will tell you, no, you still got to do this. You got to pay this. The thief on the cross never had a second to do anything. And he said, today you're going to be with me in paradise. That's the Jesus that we follow. So if you have to get rid of some things in your life and find freedom from it, and sometimes he's the only way that you can find that. And what does he do with those things? Psalm 103.12, As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. He unpacks our life and all the unnecessary things from it for us because he loves us. And I'm challenging you today to think about those areas in your life. Maybe you've had regrets that you're still struggling with, whether it be a career and you're not in a space where you are. Do not carry that burden. If there's a change that you could have made, make it. Otherwise, let it go and move on free from all those burdens that you've been carrying that maybe you don't even know are there because he has removed it from us and it's done. Romans 8.28 assures us that regardless of what mistakes we've made or the opportunities we may have missed along the way, God can take what's happened in our lives and make something positive out of that. And if you're in a deep loss of, of a loved one, man, that's, that's, a, that's a dark journey. But even talks about in the valley of the shadow of death. You're with me. Your rod and your staff comfort me. Look for that comfort. He'll give it to you regardless of what you're experiencing. It assures us in God that God can turn our lives around in every situation. Romans 8, 28. And we know that in all things, God works the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Our regrets in life often stem from an inability to cope with things you did. The situation you're in, it's our inner criticism that continues to speak to us. That's why I say travel light. Don't carry that stuff with you. Find somebody that you can open up to about that of the same sex if you're married. Be extremely careful about who you allow into the intimate parts of your life because it's in opening up yourself sometimes that you can be drawn into a relationship which isn't healthy for you, especially if you're married, just by talking to somebody. So it's, that's the power of intimacy of an intimate relationship with someone you trust. They know your flaws. They know your good things, your bad things. There's nothing more powerful than that. Looking back on my life and my marriage, I'm going, I'm so glad I had people surrounding me to help me grow through situations where I had no direction. That I can now look back and go with my grandkids and all the experiences, 42 years, like that's crazy. And look back and go, man, was it all good? No, boy, did I ever have some growing to do. But I would challenge you guys, to continue to grow. Whatever situation you're faced with, break up together, this church, that church, whatever it is, just look deeper for the areas that you can grow in those ways. Today's takeaway, and I hate takeaways. I don't know if you guys get a better one today. Write it down, put it on your mirror. Today's takeaway, relationships offer us companionship, support, and a perspective enabling us to grow in this journey with Christ. That's what it is. That's what a relationship is. It's, it's not only about a love relationship with the husband and the wife. It's coming into a relationship with one another. Why we call ourselves parallels to come into a relationship with one another in our community. Other organizations doing things better than we do. That's why we partner with Fresh Start. They're helping people through a 12-step program find recovery. And then many of them come here and go, that higher power is Jesus. 
We're never threatened by someone not knowing who Jesus is and how much success they find in their life because it's in that relationship that I've come to know. There is that freedom and that peace that we can have. And he's gonna guide and direct us in our relationships. So imagine this, intimacy with Christ, closeness with others, exercising our faith and growing. Whatever faith part of your journey, it's your first time today, exercising our faith, learning from mistakes of ours and others, finding purpose and getting clear direction for our future. Man, we've got a lot of growing to do, you guys. We've got years ahead of us, each one of us, that we can grow. You're never done in this journey. And if you feel bored in a church, step in a little further. Come alongside one or two, and you're going to find a purpose in that because you're going to come into a relationship with someone that's going to need exactly what you have or you're going to go, man, did I ever need that from that relationship? There's just no guarantees it's going to be feel that great all the time. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord. God, I thank you for those here today, God, that, that, that God that have been carrying things, that were looking for direction in their life, God, and, and purpose in their life beyond their present experience, God. And, it, and God, we know that it first comes from a relationship with you. And then, God, in our relationship with others, God, help us to, to see the areas that we need to grow in our own life, that we grow together and we go together, that we watch for signs, God, and that we travel light, Lord, that we don't carry things through this journey, God, that we should have given up years ago, that we could find new freedom in this new life that you have for us today, God, even as those were baptized, God, that this would be a, a total new journey for them, that they would find freedom from all the things that once burdened them, pray the same for those here today, God. That they would leave here today a little freer <laughs> with a little bit better direction and knowing that you love them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.